Tell the other one who looks like they're hungry, finishing strong. Tell the other one who looks as if they are sleeping, finishing strong. Shake someone, shake someone up and one be finishing strong. Okay? Now let me start with a story today. How many love stories? Let me start with a story. In 1945, in the United States of America, three young men came out of nowhere and began preaching everywhere in the United States of America. These young men were so passionate and so powerful that they would fill halls to the capacity of 30,000 people. In other words, 30,000 people would come to listen to these young men. Each of them was uniquely gifted. They were evangelists. The first young man was called Billy Graham. How many know Billy Graham? The second man was called Chuck Templeton. How many know Chuck Templeton? The third one was called Bron Clifford. How many know Bron Clifford? All of them, the three of them, were so powerful, filling the halls in the United States of America. But five years down the line, Chuck Templeton denied the faith of Jesus Christ and he said that he no longer believed in Jesus and he no longer claimed, uh, believed in the claims that Jesus Christ was the way, the truth, and the life. A young man who had been filling halls in the United States, 30,000 people, five years earlier, denied the faith five years later. Bron Clifford, nine years later, denied the faith. He got sick. He got into alcohol, he had lost his family, he lost his health, and he died. And he was buried in a grave for the poor. These three young men started out very strong. The only one who remained was Billy Graham. Five years from 1945 to 1950. In 1950, Billy Graham had the opportunity and the chance to meet his first American president to preach to. His name was Harry Truman. And since then, Billy Graham has been known as the president's pastor. He has met every president in the United States since 1950. He has preached to them, prayed with them, and witnessed Jesus Christ to this day. This day, he's 96 years old. He's still preaching through YouTube, through Facebook. He is still preaching. What made this young man to fail? Everyone can start, my friends. Everyone can have purpose. Anyone can begin something. But it takes a unique person to finish. How many of you have ever started projects that you, that, that, not even projects, you just said, today I will start to wake up at 4 a.m. and you started, but you're not able to finish. How many? Don't lift your hand. Are <laughs> you together? Anyone can start. Anyone can say today, I want to start fasting. Anyone can say today, I want to start uh, going to the gym. Anyone can say, I want to start doing one, two, three. But it takes special people to finish what you start. Any young girl can become pregnant, but it takes a mother to raise a child. Any young man can get, can, can get a wife or get a young lady, but it takes a husband to hold together a marriage. Anyone can start, but not everyone can finish. Starting is very easy, but finishing is not. Now, today it's 2014, the last year, the last Sunday of 2014. We are here at the finish line of 2014. Had it not been by the grace of God 
we will not be here today, true or false. Because God is the author and the finisher of our Amen? Amen. Now, someone said uh, that uh, out of every 10 young people who get saved at the age of 20, only one remains saved till the age of 65. In other words, if I called 10 people here, and all of you are in your early 20s or in your 30s, and I stood you up, 10 of you, one of you will remain saved by the time they are 65. The nine others will have fallen by the wayside. Those are researchers who say that. Okay? Now, today, I want to teach about the practices of strong finishers. How many want to finish strong? How many want to be in course and you want to still remain true even when you are 65 years old? How many? I want to still remain true to the course. Okay? And so I will teach you uh, the practices of strong finishers. Tell your friend the practices of strong uh, finishers. Now my lesson, I want to draw it from the word strong. Samajina strong. Say it again, strong. strong. Say it strong. 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 Now I want you to write that one, that word down in capital letters. S-T-R-O-N-G. Strong. Okay? Because my lesson is coming from that word. I'm using it as an acronym to teach today's lessons. So I promise you I will not keep you too long. Alright? Are we together? Now, the number one thing about strong finishers is the letter S in the word strong. Start with the end in mind. Write it down. Start with the end in mind. From the word strong, the first letter is S. True or false? So in that S, write, start with the end in mind. People who finish strong always start with the end in mind. They see the end picture before they begin. Let me give you a story. Let me give you an analogy. Let's say, for example, one of your closest friends has died. You're very close. I mean, you know everything about this person. And, and, but unfortunately, they die. And then the funeral is arranged and, and you're supposed to go to the funeral and you wake up in the morning, take a shower, feel, you're feeling sad, you're feeling very discouraged and you go to this funeral. And you're driving, you get there, maybe you know, Pitya Mochari first, you see the mother crying or the father, and then you proceed to the person's home, and you get there, and there are seats everywhere, and you sit, and the time comes for you to, to go and see and view the body, so the, the casket is open, and everyone is going looking, some are crying, some are weeping, and then you get there, and when you bend to see, you're shocked because you see yourself, in that coffin. <laughs> and then you wait, when you look at that, you're in shock. So you go and sit down. You can't believe that you're just in yourself in that casket. You go sit, sit down and someone comes and gives you a bulletin. You know those things that they print in the funerals? And you look at the picture and you find it is your picture. Then you turn to read the story and it is your story. They start saying, this person was born in this year, went to this high school. Then, 
your closest friends begin to give speeches and you realize you have attended your own funeral. <laughs> and your brothers are there and your sisters are there and your mom and your dad and, and people who are very close to you and they're saying things about you. So the question I want to ask you, what would you like them to say about you? So you're, you're sitting there and you're listening to your brothers and they're saying how generous you are, yet you know you are not generous. They're saying how kind, how loving you are, yet you know that you are not kind, you are not loving. Your husband is saying how faithful you are, yet you know that you have not been faithful. And your wife is there saying how a loving husband you are, yet you know you are not loving. And you listen to all these lies and you are becoming sad because even the school that you went to, they have not captured it. They have said you went to a certain school in, in Ageshagi somewhere, but you went to a very nice school in your bulletin. And you are getting angry because they even a spelling mistake in your name. <laughs> they are not accurate. The story they are telling is not accurate. They are saying you were born in 1960 and you know you were born in 1958. So you are even angry. They are making you younger. How would you like your life to end? How would you like, what would you like to be said? Strong finishers start with the end in mind. In other words, and one of the best ways to see the end is to attend your own funeral. Are <laughs> we together? Now I know there are many people who have not, who do not even want to, uh, to imagine that they can die. But the truth is, at some time in our lives we will all die. You see, I had a grandfather. One of my grandfathers died at the age of 98. Tell your friend, 98. 98. Hallelujah. That is good seed right there. Now, but before he died, he called his sons, his daughters, and he told them, I am about to die. And before I die, I want you to know that every, every coin you need, all the money you need for my burial is somewhere. I've, I've saved enough money to bury me, so don't go raising harambees. Then he, he, told, he told them, don't write my story, I have already written it. It is somewhere, look for it when I die. Now, when I die, don't mourn me too long, just keep me three days and bury me. And three days after that, he died. And so they had to look for the money, they found the money. They had to look for the story. They found it. Everything. He prepared them for his death. How do you want to be remembered? Do you want to write your own story? Or do you, do, would you prefer not to do that? You know, the reason why uh, strong finishers always visit their funerals is because there is a way they want to be remembered. And so they have to live that kind of life. And they have to know what people will say when they are dying. Now, Matthew 17, you can write that, Matthew 17, verse 22 and 23. Jesus knew, he started his, uh, his life with the end in mind. He says, when they came together in Galilee, he said to them, this is Jesus saying to the disciples, the son of man, the son of man is going to be delivered into the hands of men. They will kill him, and on the third day he will be raised to life. And the disciples were filled with grief. In other words, Jesus knew exactly what was about to happen to him. He started with the end 
in mind. There are two very important things for a traveler. I don't know if you've ever traveled, but there are these people who travel into the woods and into the forests and into the deserts, and they always carry two very important things. They carry a compass and they carry a watch. Okay? Tell your friend, a compass and a watch. And they always say, if I was to lose one, I would rather lose the watch. Okay? Because the compass will give me direction. Without direction in your life, you will never have a fulfilling life. Are we together? So the question that you have to ask yourself is, where are you going? What is the end of your life? Start with the end in mind. Think of yourself at 90. Think of yourself at 80. How do you want people to be, how are people to remember you? How you want them to remember you is how you start living today. Second thing, the T. Tumalizana S, now you're in the T. You're talking from the one strong. The T. Tell yourself the truth. Tell yourself the truth. Tell yourself the truth. Okay? Now, I have noticed that a lot of times in our lives we always want to look good when we come before people. We always want to look as people who have everything under control. We want to know, you know, we want to show that uh, this Christmas we ate some nyamachoma. So, if you're invited to some nyamachoma, you post it on Facebook. I was eating nyamachoma because we want to look good, all right? We want to show everyone that everything is okay. But there's that point in life where you have to get and begin to tell yourself the truth. Okay? Now, change. If you want to change, if you want to be great, if you want to succeed in life, you will not, it will not come from outside, inside. It will come from inside you, out to the outside. Are we together? There was a time I was working with a young man who was in drugs. And one of the, one of the people, one of the friends of, of his mom, told his mom that I'm the only one who can save that young man. And I told that man, I cannot save the young man. Because I felt that this man was putting a heavier responsibility on me. And I said, this young man, if he wants to change, he will change. Okay? But whatever we do, no matter what I do, even if I lay my hands on him, and I pray for him, and I fast for him, if he doesn't want to change, he will not change. True or false? He must meet himself. Okay? You must have a meeting with yourself. You see, many times you want to spend time with other people. But the question I always ask you is, what, when was the last time you had a meeting with yourself? Okay? You sat and said, self, let's have a meeting. And you told yourself the truth. And you say to yourself, I know I am weak in this. I know I cannot achieve this. I know I cannot do this. Okay? Tell yourself the truth. In other words, be honest with yourself. Never compromise with yourself. If you can't do something, say, I can't do it. Tell it to yourself. Okay? You know, I know my strength. For example, let me just put this example. You see, like when Pastor Boniface comes and, and he speaks and he preaches, I don't worry for him. Are we together? I don't worry that he, he's going to say something. So I'm like, my God, Father, help him to be able to be a great speaker. Oh, God. I don't worry for him because that is, that is his strength. Okay? Are we together? But there are people who come in and they tell you something and you, and you worry for them. 
<laughs> For example, if you, if you call someone to come and speak, and you know very well they're not public speakers, and they come and they start, uh, uh, you know, how, how are you? <laughs> uh, my name is... Uh, and he draws the map of Africa, the whole world, he draws the moon with his feet. You worry for them. Now, the first thing that he should have done is to tell himself the truth. Okay? If you can't sing, you can't sing. If you can't preach, you can't preach. No matter how much you admire preachers, no matter how much you want to listen to them. If you can't, if you're not a business person, admit, are we together? Tell yourself the truth. Don't just admire people who have succeeded in business and say, I want to start my own, okay? Tell yourself the truth. Are you able to do this? Because you have to differentiate between a desire and a gift, okay? Are we together? Now, John chapter 5 and verse 19. Let me give you these scriptures so that it is biblical. Hallelujah. <laughs> John chapter 5 verse 19. You know, Jesus said, therefore Jesus answered and was saying to them, talking to his disciples, Truly, truly, I say to you, the son can do nothing by himself unless it, it is something he sees the father doing. For whatever the father does, these things the son also does in the same way. Are we together? Jesus was telling himself the truth. And he was saying, if the father cannot do it, I can't do it. Are we together? Yet, this is the son of God. Yet, this is the king of kings, the God of all the universe. If you want to be a strong finisher, my friend, you must start with the end in mind and you must begin to tell yourself the truth. Okay? If there are temptations that you know very well that you could, if you find yourself in that temptation, you will fall. Tell yourself the truth. Stop saying, I am an overcomer. I am an overcomer. <laughs> Hello? If your weakness is money, tell your friend money. Money, money. If you're the kind of a person who cannot, you and the money can't stay in the same room, one has to go. <laughs> if, you're, if you're that kind of a person, tell yourself the truth. Stop praying about it. Hello? Stop fasting about it. Just tell yourself the truth and make, uh, put self-discipline to say, I will never be in the same room with money that is not my own. Are we together? Okay? Begin to speak to yourself. Begin to avoid. You know, a lot of times we concentrate too much on our weaknesses that we forget to work from our strength. No one in life has ever succeeded when they work from a point of their weakness. Okay? For example, let's say uh, your weakness is public speaking. Okay? On a, on a scale of 1 to 10, you score a 2 in public speaking. But you want to work so hard for you to become a public speaker. Do you know how high you can rise? You can only rise two places in that, in that, in that place, okay? So you can only get to four. You're still below average because the average is five, okay? Then, if you work from your place of strength, let's say public speaking is your strength, okay? And you score a seven in public speaking. If you work hard on a scale of 1 to 10, you will get to 9, at least. Stop working. Look at your friend, tell them, stop working from your place of weakness. And start working from your place of strength. 
Tell yourself the truth. Okay? Number three. The R. Remember where you came from. <laughs> Remember where you came from. Remember where you came from. Okay? Remember where you came from. <laughs> now, when I, as I was preparing this sermon and I came to this point, I thought, okay, God, what do you want me to remember? Because this, this is also about me. Are we together? Remember where you came from. In other words, do not forget your history. Do not forget the places you've come from. You know, I, I remember in my life, I know how to sleep hungry feels like. Because I remember we have slept hungry. I know what it feels not to afford rent. I know what it feels not to afford electricity. There's a time in, in my teenagehood that our electricity was disconnected for three years. It was disconnected. You know those guys came disconnected. It's really like in a Tologo Palakwanini. They even took the 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 wire. You know why in a connect They removed the wire and went. And then we didn't have money to pay for water. So they came, disconnected the water and took out the pipes. You know those pipes? Because every time they would disconnect, would reconnect. There's a way. You know there's always a way in Kenya. <laughs> There's always a way. Even in the electricity, there's always a way. So they took the wires, they took the pipes, and they went for three years. We had no power, no water, no nothing. And I remember there were times when I would wake up in the morning and I want to go to school, and then the only meal that was in the house was boiled potatoes. How many have ever eaten boiled potatoes? For, for breakfast. Now, some, some have eaten them for ile luxury, ile kuwa healthy, you know? <laughs> because you want to be healthy, you want to, you know, you want to cut some weight so you eat boiled stuff. We didn't have... <laughs> for us, we didn't have the mafuta, we didn't have anything, so we had to eat boiled stuff. And we used to have that castor. You know that castor kakizimwa, everyone is crying. <laughs> you can't even sleep. <laughs> you know, remember your history. Are you together? Remember those moments. Remember those uh, tears that you cried. Because if you remember your history, if you remember where you come from, you will appreciate where you are. It will give you focus to stop complaining. Okay? You know, people who say, I can't use a matatu just because you were blessed with a car last year. My friend, you, you are forgetting your history. <laughs> you are forgetting where you come from. You are forgetting that the matatus were your only savior. You know, I remember there was a time we didn't have, we didn't have bus fare, didn't have enough bus fare. And you know those matatus can really embarrass you. So the best way was to walk half the distance and then get to a point where your money can get you to town <laughs> so that you avoid being embarrassed. The problem with many of us, when we get blessed, when God gives us these beautiful things, we forget where we came from. We forget to identify with the people who are going through the same things that we are going through. If you want to be a strong finisher, if you want to remain focused, you must never Never, never ever forget your history. 
I remember there was this uh, uh, this mattress I slept on for 14 years. 14 years in Kumbakanam Taro. You know those mattresses where you sleep and you just fall into one place? <laughs> like the, it's just that Kamtaro. And since we didn't afford, we couldn't afford mattresses, we used to get, you know those boxes go supermarket. Then Yakitanda in a kuwa flat for a week. Then box pain of anyanili in a kwanamtaro. So <laughs> when I come to your house and I find I I I I understand. I've been there. Okay? So do not despise your humble beginnings. Okay? One day you shall tell a story if you don't forget where you come from. Okay? You know, I, I was listening to, uh, to uh, Mesa Otabil, and he was saying that in their days, their grandfathers, the, the, I think their fathers, walked to school. Okay? Then uh, the Mensas, they drove to school. And now it is time for our children to fly to school. Hallelujah. <laughs> that should be the goal. But do not forget that your grandfather walked so that you can drive. That your father slept hungry so that you can have something to eat. Okay? Remember your, tell someone, remember your history. Okay? When you remember your history, do you want to share some, some of the, just share some of the historical things you remember about your life? <laughs> okay? When you remember your history, you will remember what is important. Okay? When you remember your history, you will remember what is important. This is a law of priorities. Okay? You must have priorities. If you remember where you come from, if you remember how you slept hungry, you will remember and you will know what is important, what is a priority. Okay? Now, Jesus remembered where he came from in John chapter 8 and verse 58. He said to them, most truly, John chapter 8 and verse 58, he said to them, Most truly, I say to you, before Abraham came into existence, I was or I am. Okay? He knew his history. And there are many other places that Jesus refers the Israelites to the Torah and to their history, telling them, your fathers did one, two, three. Okay? And God also told uh, uh, Moses and, and the generation of Moses that they should always remind Israel where they came from. Okay? So Israel must always remember the Red Sea, the ten Egyptian miracles, the provision in the wilderness. It was a tale. It was something that had to be remembered. Okay? Number four. So if you want to be a strong finisher, the first thing you do is what? Start with the end in mind. Number two? Tell yourself the truth. Number three? Perfect. Number four? Opposition will come. In the O, opposition will come. Opposition will come. How many of you have ever had this brilliant idea, this great thing, and then you shared it, you felt as if the people you're sharing with were opposing you? How many? You know? If you have not been there, you are headed there. <laughs> okay? 
How many have been betrayed in your life by close people, friends, family, what? You've been betrayed. Okay? If you have not been betrayed, you are headed there. I think betrayal is one of the most important lessons that God takes us through. If God really has a great plan for your life, he has to take you through betrayal. Okay? If he took Jesus Christ, his only son, through betrayal, who are you and who am I not to go through it? Are we together? Betrayed by a kiss. Now, one of the uh, hardest opposition, you know, if, if people just opposed you out there, it is not an issue. But one of the hardest opposition is to be opposed by your own. Okay? If you're a husband, to be opposed by your wife. If you're a wife, to be opposed by your husband. <laughs> if you're a father, to be opposed by your sons and your daughters. If you're a church member, to be opposed by church members. It is the most hurting thing that anyone can ever go through. Okay? You have this brilliant idea, this great idea. You see, Jesus Christ, when he came to the earth, he was opposed, not by the sinners, not by the unbelievers, but by the people who knew the law, people who understood the law. Okay? So opposition will come. Criticism will always come. All right? Now, no one really loves to be criticized because criticism is not positive. It's a new quality. You know? What, what would you say if... if uh, someone, maybe your friend or, or someone you love or someone you care about is always criticizing you. Okay? You, you go to this uh, saloon if you're a lady and, and they fix your hair and you're looking good and then your friend comes and, and they look at you and they're like hey, that hair something is not good. Something, that, that saloon you know, they're just trying to look at what is not right. Okay? But if you want to be great, if you want to have a great life, if you want to build your life with these building blocks, then you must expect to be opposed at some point in life. Luke 11 verses 53. Luke 11 verses 53. It says, when Jesus went outside, the Pharisees and the teachers of the law began to oppose him fiercely, to oppose him fiercely and to besiege him with questions, waiting to catch him in something he might say. They opposed him. Now there's a lot of stuff, a lot of things that I can say about this one scripture. But they opposed him fiercely. Now let me tell you something. If you are not being opposed, if you are not being criticized, there's something you're not doing. There's something you're not doing. If no one is opposing you, if no one is criticizing you, there's something you're not doing, all right? Because anything great, anyone great must attract criticism. Regardless of who you are, regardless of what you think you are, you must attract criticism if you want to do great things. For example, let's say as Nairobi Chapel Utawala, one day you wake up and you decide today we are going to clean up Utawala, the whole of Utawala will know that we have come. <laughs> Then you wake up one day, you are dressed in your gumboots and in your whatevers, and you walk out and you begin to clean this whole place. The first thing will not be to attract people. The first thing will be to be criticized. Now, you'll be surprised that you will not be criticized by the sinners. You'll be criticized by the churches around. 
Hello. Watasema, "Oh, wanataka sasa kujionyeshana watu wamefika. Waja tuone wataenda wapi." <laughs> you will become summons in people's pulpits. They will preach about you every Sunday. But that is the cost that you have to pay if you want to be a strong finisher. If you want to get to the end, if you want to touch lives, you'll be criticized. Number five, never give up. Never give up. Tell your friend, never give up. Never give up. Now look at them and tell them, never give up. Tell them like a preacher, never give up. There was a British Prime Minister, his name was Winston Churchill. He's the one who led Britain in the Second World War to defeat Adolf Hitler. And one day after the war, he was invited to one of the universities to give a speech. And he was given his time and, and he was told you have this much time to give a speech. And he stood. It was in a, in a university, so the students were expectant. They were waiting for him to give this powerful, long speech. And he stood and he looked at them and he said, Never give up. And then he stepped like two steps behind and he, he said to them, Never give up. And then he stepped again to the front and he said, Never give up. And then he sat down. That was his speech. <laughs> and before everyone, before anyone realized he was done, people are still expecting either some the drama, you know, as Mametena Will he stand and now say now, you know, give the speech? But it was done. And everyone started clapping. Oh, okay. Hallelujah. But now, in history, that became one of his most powerful speeches that he has ever given. It went down in record as the shortest speech, but the most inspiring. Okay? Never give up. You know, if you had given up in 2014, would you still be alive today? You'd not be here. If you had given up on that business, do you think you'd be making the money that you're making now? Never give up. All right? No matter, you know, circumstances will come. Hard times will come. The sun sometimes will be, will be against you. Have you ever felt as if the sun was against you? You know? Sometimes you see it, you, you feel as if the sun has been sent, assigned to destroy you. <laughs> this natural sun. Or sometimes darkness or the rain. It's as if someone has coordinated with the rain to finish you completely. <laughs> Have you ever... You know, some of you are getting this, but some of you are still, they are still thinking, what is he talking about? I'm talking about the sun, the sun. That never give up. <laughs> are we together? Never give up in life. The day you give up, that will be the end of you. Whether it's a business you started, whether it's a marriage, whether it's a family, whatever it is that you're doing in your life, never ever give up. Now, there's another story. Let me give you stories today. There's this guy who still in the in the US he was uh, he was a bit uh, he, he wanted wealth you know how many of us want wealth we want wealth we want to be rich okay okay let me let me turn it around how many want god to bless us hallelujah <laughs> that, that is a language <laughs> that is a language 
how this guy decided, uh, you know, those days they discovered gold. And so this guy said, I'll sell everything I have, run to the West and, and get gold, you know. So he sold his, his properties, booked a one-way ticket and rushed to the West, bought a small piece of land where, you know, built a small house and went gold mining. And he dug and dug and drilled and drilled, but there was no gold. Then they go to a place and they found this uh, this in Changa in gold And he was happy that finally he has gotten gold. But only to realize that this was not gold. And so he called his friends and families and everyone and they gave him money because he wanted to buy greater machines, bigger machines to drill even further. And he drilled and drilled and drilled and drilled and he got to a point that he got tired. And so he decided, I have given up, there is no gold in this place, and he sold the piece of land to a junkie. A junkie is a guy who is just a drunkard, he's just there, he has nothing. And so this junkie bought this piece of land at a throwaway price. And then, this junkie was a smart junkie. You got, it makes sense. <laughs> he's a junkie but he's smart, okay? Because he got some professionals to come and look at the ground. So these guys came, looked at, looked at the ground, and they told him, the guy who was here drilling stopped three inches from gold. <laughs> In other words, that junkie could have dug with his hands and removed the gold. <laughs> Never give up. Never give up. Because sometimes when you give up, you have given up when you're so close. Someone else will come and get the benefit. Well, Jesus said, you remember that, the Garden of Gethsemane? Remember that place when Jesus was praying and, and he almost gave up and he was saying, Lord, if it is your will, take this cup from me, but not my will, but yours be done. It was a hard time for Jesus. It was a time for giving up or moving, <laughs> moving forward. Actually, the Bible says in different, in different versions that angels came to encourage him. Kuliko kubaya, my friend. How many of you have ever been encouraged by an angel? Seriously. You know, not being a peer. You know, but how many have been encouraged by an angel? An angel can come and say, oh, you shall be, you know, like the way he, an angel appeared to Virgin Mary, you shall carry a child, or to Samson's mother or father, you shall do this. You, you know, angels come to proclaim. I've never had someone who said that an angel came to encourage him. <laughs> Imagine an angel coming and saying, my brother, don't give up. We are watching you. In heaven, we are watching you. Imagine. When you get to that point, please come give us a testimony. We shall know Kulikuwa So Jesus, God had to send angels to come and pray with Jesus and encourage Jesus. And also in Luke chapter 18, Luke chapter 18, from verse 1, Jesus Christ, he told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. You remember the parable of the persistent widow? Okay? The parable of the persistent widow. He, he told them this parable to teach them that they should never give up. They should always pray and not give up. If you want to finish strong, never give up. And number five, number five, 
Give God's grace a chance. Give God's grace a chance. Give God's grace a chance. Now there are many things that we can talk about the grace of God. The grace of God can be carried in a book, it can be preached in a series, it can, you know, there's a lot. But I'd like to recommend you to go buy a book by a guy called Joseph Prince. It's called The Unmerited Favor. Okay? Because they say God's grace, grace means unmerited what? Unmerited favor. Many of us do not give God's grace a chance to work in our lives. We want everything to work the way we want it to work. We want to move this way and therefore it shall be this. Tell your friend, give God's grace a chance. Okay? Let the grace of God work in you. Stop running that business as if it is your own. Because the truth of the matter is, it is not your own. It is His. Alright? Stop running that department you know, that you have in your church as if it is your own personal property. It is not your own. It is His. Okay? Stop running your life as if you own even the air. It is not your own life. It is His life. Okay? Give God's grace a chance. And once you do that, you can go and finish strong. But if you want to finish strong, you have to give God's grace a chance. John 17 and verse 4. Jesus said, I have brought you glory on earth by finishing the work you gave me to do. I have brought you glory on earth by finishing the work you gave me to do. Jesus was speaking and he said to God, I have brought you glory on earth. In other words, when you finish, you and I, when we finish the task that God has given us, we bring glory on earth. We give God glory on earth. Are we together? Alright? So don't give up. When you finish, angels, you know there is this story I read. Now as I conclude, there is this story I read about a general, a man who had preached all his life. And when he died, his sons were around his bed. And they said that they saw lights that ascended from this general's bed all the way to heaven. When he died, they saw lights. It was a torch, a that ascended to heaven. In other words, this general was given a standing ovation by the angels. I want to finish that strong. I want to finish in a way that in my deathbed, angels will be there to accept me. <laughs> you know, I heard that, that people who die throwing their hands and throwing their legs and they are fighting off demons. I don't know. <laughs> Leave me alone. Hey, hey, hey. And to those people who know the Lord, they die smiling. They are smiling. Because the angels have come for them. <laughs> I don't know how true that is. But I want to finish in such a way that angels will give me a standing ovation. Imagine getting to the other side of life. Yes, you're born again. Yes, angels have come. But they are looking at you and they are saying, why did you waste us so much? You did, you did nothing with your life. You know, you were just there, filing our names, watching me, just filing, and saying, hmm, okay, I'm Katena. Imagine, angels, they're just there watching you, and they're like, okay. So you go there, and they tell you, okay, because you believe in Jesus, but, you know, you really wasted us. 
And on the other hand, there are people who are coming and angels are standing and saluting and saying, yes, general, welcome to the kingdom. Welcome. You know? Are you together? So if you want to finish strong, you have to do several things. We start with what? Number one. Next. Third. Fourth. Fifth. Sixth. Let's do it again. S. T. R. O. N. G. Close your books. S. T. R. O. N. G. Amen. Strong. Finish strong. God bless you all.